When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, get him up. Get him going. It is, uh, Monday on Ian Rodby. Hook them up. That morning sky or that overnight sky was uh, treacherous, dangerous overnight throughout central Texas with uh, those severe storms that rolled through last evening and overnight. Large hail, high winds, big time hail all from uh, central Austin north. Round Rock and Georgetown videos are pretty dramatic. So we'll recap. Hope you made it through that. I don't think I even got much rain out south Austin way, but that's the way uh, these now fall storms will be. That's how we start our Monday. The good, the bad, and the ugly from a jam-packed weekend of college and pro football, Major League Baseball. So minor league baseball. Soccer as well out on the pitch. A lot to do, a lot to uh, get to over five hours of tremendous conversation. It begins right now here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. We'll get to all of it. Good, bad, and ugly, including uh, the Cowboys' performance out in the desert yesterday. Longhorn's great performance in Waco. Rod's false alarm from Friday. And uh, the rest of uh, your weekend. We recap it here with you each and every day and each and every Monday morning. And we get it going. Look who it is across the desk. He's back after his uh, false alarm on Friday. Uh, he is our shutdown corner, shutting down his side of the show five hours a day, five days a week from DB High down in the 713 and DBU right here in the 512. Stops in four NFL zips. He is the football theorist, doubles his black Stradamus with his prognostications. We're 21 in your program, but he is number one in our hearts and yours. What's up, Rod Babers? I'm doing great. I appreciate the intro, and I appreciate all the well wishes from everybody out there. Thank you guys. are very kind. I appreciate it. It is a false. It was a false alarm, um, and now we're just kind of waiting on pins and Tested needles. Tested your patience like six, seven hours just waiting, it and was, then nothing happened. It was a good practice run, though. Nice practice run. I know exactly where everything is. I know the nurses in the labor and delivery unit. I know exactly where the floor is. I know how to get to the hospital. I, so it was a nice little dry run. Actually, I think it was needed. It was needed. Actually, it was neat. Now, there will be a lot less stress when the actual day comes. But wifey thought something was happening, and hey, it's, I'm, not, I'm not anybody to question. I can't question that, all right? I think the, the best, basically what I did, I said, let's go to the OB first. That was my only suggestion. I said, let's go to OB before we go to the hospital, since you're not feeling. Because she started, you know, a lot stuff stuff was going on. So we got up, and I was ready to go to the show. I was ready to come to work. And then she's like, I've been up all night. This is not good. And I was like, okay, you know what? Let's call that number. It was an all you know all night number you could call, uh, emergency number you could call. So we called the number. Doctor was like, you know what? Sounds like it's going down. You guys probably should go to the hospital. And I was, he was like, you could go to the OB first if you want to check things out. I was like, we'll go to the OB first because right down the street. So we go to the OB. We wait till like seven something o'clock. Go to the OB. OB checks around and says it's happening. Let's go. Then I get my mind set. I'm like, all right, 
Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> all right, let's go, baby. Let's go. I'm hype, man. I'm ready to go. I got the bag. I got all this You're stuff. You're corner man. Ready yes, to go. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm moving. Juices flowing, adrenaline flowing. I'm ready to go. And we get to the hospital, and they like, hey, the hospital's got to confirm everything, and then they'll admit you. So I was like, all right. So we go to the labor and delivery unit, and they check, they check her out. The nurse practitioner's looking at her, and she's like, girl. I think it's happening, girl. You're going in labor. We're admitting you right now. Boom. They admit her. They strap her in, put all the, you know, the gadgets on her and, you know, the heart monitor on the baby, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, all right, this is happening. All right. You know, I got my seat. I'm right there. I'm up top. I'm up top. Got my seat. Ready to go. All right. Got the playlist going, too. Got the playlist ready to go. Like, all right, we got, we got this. Dude, right? You are so prepared. Oh, I'm ready. And then we sit there for a few hours. I'm like, man, this is very uneventful. <laughs> Anticlimactic. Okay. A lot of hype about this thing, but nothing's really going on. We're sitting there, we're talking, having a good time. Nurse practitioner keeps coming in, running some tests. Uh, and she's like, well, things right now are inconclusive. The tests are not necessarily, you're not having contractions, but a lot of the symptoms that we're seeing are saying that it, it could be labor, but there's also false labor. And I'm like, what, what, what? Excuse me? False. She's like, oh, yeah, that's false labor. False labor? Yeah, she's like, yeah, it can basically seem like it's labor, but then it just tricks everybody. And it's not I'm like, that's a thing? She's like, oh, that's a thing. I'm like, so we'll test. So they go back a few hours, run some more tests, basically come in and we're like, tests are negative, inconclusive. Essentially, you guys can go home. We think it's false labor. But the but is in the next 12 hours, it could happen. So it could be pre-labor and not false labor. And I was like, okay, all right. So we just go home and stress out. It didn't happen. So I assumed that it was false labor. And now we're just stressing until time comes. Butterflies turn into bubble guts. That's all. Just waiting on the day. But I appreciate all the well wishes. So when it happens, whenever I get a call, I'll let everybody know. Next time, I'll just confirm it. I'll just say, E, hey, something's going on. But we ain't confirmed it until I see well, I see the head. Uh, see the head. <laughs> until I cut the cord. Well, we're I ready to handle whatever you need. Right, but I appreciate you guys. My question is, you have to pay for that dry run? They have to charge you for all that? Um, that's why I wanted to go to OB first, honestly. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was like, let's go oh, to OB man. first, pay for that doctor's visit before we pay for that house. So, uh, yeah, that's something we got to sort out now, too. Yes, I agree with that. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, first, like we always do, let's give a shout out to those who serve. We appreciate you being up early with us. Um, the uh, society that we love so much is built on the selflessness of service. So we appreciate all those. It is an honor, but also a burden to serve, whether it be God, country, or community. We appreciate you. Uh, teachers, first responders, soldiers, uh, police officers. Uh, nurses, thank you. <laughs> all you guys that serve, we appreciate you. I don't have enough time to name all of them. Waste management, getting, getting trash picked up today. All you guys, we appreciate you so much. Let's get this thing going. Let's get it going. Hope you made it through those storms last night. If you had the severe stuff, I'm seeing some videos that were pretty treacherous with the high winds and the, the, the hail. hail dropping. Oh, man, those hail, hail was huge. It's huge like hail. Man. Huge hail. All right, but let's get to the huge Monday of sports. Let's get you caught up as much as we can on a very busy news desk. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Start with college football. Tremendous weekend on the field and the recruiting trail for the Longhorns. On Saturday, third-ranked Texas demolished Baylor 38-6 in the longtime rival's last-ever Big 12 meeting. Texas rolled up more than 400 yards of total offense, while the defense held Baylor to his two field goals and 60 yards rushing on 30 attempts for a happy head coach, Steve Sarkeesian. You know, championship teams get better during the season, and I thought we got better this week, and we got better tonight. We played better football, but we still have room for improvement for things that, that we need to work on and will work on because the games are only going to get more and more difficult as, as we move forward. 
4-0 Longhorns. Both that is a 16-point favorite from this Saturday's home matchup with undefeated and now 24th-ranked Kansas. We'll have all week to talk about that game. Week got even better yesterday, or weekend did, when uh, for the Longhorns, when consensus five-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker from Notre Dame High School out in California announced his commitment to the Longhorns. 6'5", 300-pound senior to be, rated as the top left tackle prospect in the nation for the 2024 class. He is the second five-star uh, commitment for the Longhorns in their 18 that they have. He joins the edge rusher Colin Simmons from Duncanville. Rod and I will discuss the impact of that decision this morning as well as all the conversations from a tremendous Saturday of college football. NFL wild week three yesterday including a the previously winless Arizona Cardinals stunning the previously unbeaten Dallas Cowboys 28-16 out in the desert. Cardinals rushed for 222 yards against that Dallas defense while the Cowboys were their own worst enemy. They committed 13 penalties. Terrible in the red zone. Came away with just one touchdown in five trips. Also yesterday, Houston went into Jacksonville and surprised the Jaguars 37-17. Outplayed the Jags in every phase to give D'Amico Ryans his first ever NFL win as head coach. Of course, we'll chop up all week three highlights throughout the morning here on Hook'em Up, including that Dolphins 70-point eruption. And yeah, Taylor Swift's surprise appearance at Arrowhead yesterday. We'll also preview the Monday night football doubleheader. Uh... Late night and dangerous night at a Q2 Stadium. Severe storms we're talking about. The high winds and uh, heavy lightning pushed the start time for Austin FC's match with LA Galaxy to 11.30 last night. When they finally hit the pitch, Austin built a 3-1 lead. They were seemingly cruising, but goals by the Galaxy in the 89th and 94th minute against the Fatigue Verde defense made it a 3-3 draw. The Oaks' winless streak is now 72 days. Major League Baseball, the shocking turn atop the AL West over the past week, continued yesterday. Rangers finished off a clutch and crucial three-game sweep of the Mariners, 9-8 the win at Globe Life Park yesterday. While down in Houston, the absolutely collapsing Houston Astros dropped their third straight game to the last-place Royals, 6-5. 14 days ago, Astros held a two-and-a-half game lead over the Rangers atop the division, but Texas has won nine of their last 13. Houston has lost nine games in that span, including seven to the last-place A's and last-place Royals. As we open up the final week of the regular season, Texas leads the AL West by two and a half over Houston. Astros are a half game up on Seattle for the final AL wildcard spot. Houston opens a critical head-to-head three-game series in Seattle tonight. Uh, and congratulations in order for the Round Rock Express. They wrapped up the regular season with a 9-6 win at Tacoma yesterday. The win clinched the Pacific Coast League's second-half title, so the Express are playoff bound for the first time since 2019. They'll travel to Oklahoma City to face the Dodgers in a best-of-three series starting Tuesday night. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right. Yeah, Texas says, Rod, they charged you for everything. <laughs> I'm not sure. Exactly. That's why I wanted to go to OB first. And, yeah, well, you get a bill. That's right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we're getting that bill. No doubt about it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> just happy that everybody's healthy and everything's hey, safe. That's hey, all right. Pay for it. This anyway. says, Rod, you now have a story for your daughter 20 years from now. That's, that's right. All those stories you've got to tell your that's kids. That's true. i got to start writing that stuff down. You guys know I write keep everything a journal. down. Keep a journal. <laughs> you know, look at you. I don't need to tell you. Look at all the spiral notebooks you've got. Uh, yeah, actually, my wife wants to write a letter to our daughter, so i got to do that, too, before she comes. Oh, that's sweet. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, but anyway, enough about that. Let's get to uh, some, man, I don't even know where to start. I'm not going to lie to you. We can start with the ugliness of the Cowboys. Well, man, uh, we do good, bad, and ugly, and there was, honestly, there was so much good over that, the weekend, and bad and the ugly was across the board. Is that bad or, or is the ugly the Dolphins putting 70 on the Denver Broncos? That might be the ugly. Well, I mean, I mean that is... Well, the ugly is the, the Denver Broncos defensive effort in that game. I mean, is, I know the Dolphins are good on offense. We know that. We documented and talked about it. The they best are offense dynamic. in the league. But, Easy. It, but it didn't take long to watch that game to realize that either the, the, the Broncos got a case of South Beach-itis 
which I guess can happen when you go to Miami, right? Everybody ends up on South Beach. Man. Or they don't like Sean Payton very much because they didn't try very hard. Uh, they didn't fight very hard. They didn't even Don't make... forget that Vic Fangio, now the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, was the head coach not too long ago of Denver. So Yeah, I mean, I'm just I mean it's one of those uh, good, bad, and ugly. There's so much good with the Longhorns. They had a great weekend. They're rising uh, and, and pick up another five-star kid. Uh, Steve Tarkeesian doing a lot well right now. Uh, but then you got the Cowboys and the Astros on the ugly side, the Rangers on the really good side. Uh, there's a lot of storylines going on in the uh, world of sports right now, which we can uh, dive into. We'll go behind that burnt orange curtain at the bottom of the hour, and we'll talk about Brandon Baker, five-star commit for the Horns, best left tackle in the country. As the Longhorns continue to firm up Another their one. lines of scrimmage. Yeah, Another one. For, uh, Shout out to the Pancake Factory. Pancake Factory. BMDs, big money donors and boosters. And we'll Thank tell you, you about how and why that happened. Also, the Longhorn performance. and uh, the. But we start in the NFL, if you want to, Rob, the, uh, the Cowboys performances really came out of nowhere. Yep. I feel like. I mean, there was so much bad. I mean, just watching the NFL yesterday from start to finish. It's like, man, sure there was good because you want to talk about the you know the good performances, but there were so many games where one team was really good and one team was just awful. Like, like, what is going on? <laughs> and you didn't think that'd be the cow when you talk about the, the Cowboys and the, the Cardinals. You're right. like, oh, one team's going to be great and one team's going to be awful. You're like, well, obviously that'll be the Cardinals. That'll be the awful team. Not the case. The Cowboys were the awful team. Yeah, <laughs> the Cowboys. I mean, it's crazy to say the Cardinals, Jacksonville, Washington, the Jets, Tennessee, Atlanta, and then of course the Cowboys. Ever they were just bad. Like, 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 what is going on in Week Three in the NFL? I will say I'm not surprised that Texans beat the Jags. I told you guys, Texans own the Jags in Jacksonville. I, I can't explain it. I cannot explain it. Doesn't matter how bad the Texans are, and they've been really, really bad the last few years. Yeah, you're right about that, Texas. No strolls. Uh, yeah, no strolls. Last strolls. Uh, trust me. I, I, yeah, trust Astros me. We'll like get to that later, too. Yeah. Um, early early vacation the Astros are looking for. I don't know like. what's going on with them. Talk about an epic collapse down the stretch. But, yeah, the Texans, for whatever reason, man, they, they've they always been able to win in Jacksonville. At least always. But recently they've been able to win in Jacksonville a lot. I don't get it. And, yeah, Jacksonville, that's something's going on there. In Jacksonville now, too. And, and again, I mean, I'm a Texans fan like you, and I'm a, I mean, C.J. Stroud is off to a historically good start to his great. career. But they were playing without four offensive line starters, three <laughs> defensive back starters, Derek Stingley, Jalen Petrie. No business And you're thinking, you're in Jacksonville. They're coming off a, a loss to the Chiefs. They're going to step up. And, man, that was, that was lame. They couldn't make a field goal. They couldn't uh, – I mean – Andrew Beck, the lifetime Longhorn, has a, a returns kick return, an 85 kick return, kick return on as the upback. <laughs> as the upback. What kind of special teams are they running out there? Never see that. Now the, te- now the Texans have won, how about this, nine of their last ten. I know. In Jacksonville. Yeah. And, 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 and they've won, won their last six, well, but now the last six. That's correct. That doesn't make any sense because their Texans are not that good of a franchise. No, they're not. <laughs> it doesn't make any and sense. They had every reason not to be good yesterday, but they were better than the Jags in every phase. And that was the case with the Cowboys. It was. I don't get it. I, and I, I apologize. Defense? I feel like Steve Harvey for you. I apologize for hyping up the Cowboys the way I did because that, 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 that was a cultural loss. That was a cultural loss for the Cowboys because you know it wasn't a talent issue. You know it was, and I would say coaching. I don't know if it was necessarily coaching either. The Cowboys just got beat, and they they were undisciplined. I believe they ended up having eleven penalties in the game. It was terrible. Thirteen. Thirteen. 13 sorry, thirteen, 13 penalties. penalties. Yeah, which is more than they had in the first two weeks combined. That was a classic Mike McCarthy game right there. Mm. One of the worst Mike McCarthy That's games big of this game? era. Yeah, get, get out of the system early. Well, look, I mean, I the, the so. first two games when they outscored, their you, you kind of knew it wasn't going to come that easy the whole season, right? They faced the. Uh, 
the Giants who looked unprepared and they beat them forty to nothing uh, in a in a rainy night in in New York. Then they play the Jets who were kind of shell shocked from the injury to Aaron Rodgers who they had pinned their entire season on and they hammered that team. Uh, but look, Arizona had been in the lead in their previous two games going into the fourth quarter and lost both of them. They lost yep. in Washington, then they lost to the. Um, uh, Giants. Giants the week previous, where they held a big lead, they're up twenty to nothing, and so you kind of knew they were a fast starting team if you were paying attention. And you know we talk about the Cardinals, you know, tanking, and we talk about that as an organization. They're probably trying to tank, and it feels like they are. But at the same time, the players on the field, the front office didn't is tanking. Get the memo, not yeah. the locker room. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the locker players, room ain't tanking. <laughs> Joshua Dobbs is getting an opportunity to play. Man. James Conner's still a you know bruising, hard nosed running back. They got a better offensive line than you think. And the Cowboys flat out just didn't come to play. Now, they were they, playing without Trayvon Diggs. They were missing three offensive linemen. They were playing linemen. three offensive linemen. Yeah. Zach Martin was out, Tyron Smith and Tyler Biotish. But that doesn't... You still allowed 200, over 200 yards on the ground. 170 about the, about in the, the first de- half. So what happened to the defense? That's, <laughs> that's, I'll make some excuses for the offensive line. I thought Dak played... Terrible. I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't think he played terrible. Considering the, the interception, the interception was, was and all, the, that was terrible. Yeah, that was, that was terrible. terrible. That yeah. was terrible. But up until that point, I thought he had done enough... Uh, offensively, I mean, besides the red, I think the red, I'll put the red zone woes on Coach McCarthy and the play call in there. Yeah, the red zone issues pres- it, well, continue. Yeah, I don't know what's one touchdown in five trips yeah. inside the 10 yard line. That's a problem. They had a fourth down where they had to turn it over on downs. They, the interception by Dak late. I mean, the, the, the flat out, as you said, culturally, the first half was they weren't ready to play. Nope. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals ran for 175 yards in the first half on them. Like, how has that happened? They cleaned it up in the second half. They did. They were better in their rush defense, but that just wasn't being ready to play, underestimating your opponent. And then, you know, you got back in it, but then your offense, and let's just say this. I'll say this about the red zone woes. They were so dominant in the previous two weeks that we really didn't talk about the red zone woes. They've been set up in the, in the win over the Jets. They the kid kicked five field goals. Mm-hmm. The rookie kicker that they have. So they the, this is an issue they've got to got to work out. And again, if we're talking about them compared to the Eagles, who we'll see tonight on Monday Night Football in Tampa Bay, and the 49ers, who are off to a three zero start, that's who you're comparing yourself to. Mm. They weren't close to that. Yeah, they're not. The Forty Nine er game. Now it doesn't look so good. If I was really excited about meeting the 49ers. In well, they'll be better next week. I they'll mean, be better, but the 49ers are a different. The 49ers are, after a loss like that, it's pretty obvious the 49ers are on a different level considering what they've accomplished in recent years and where they are now. The, the 49ers have, have had losses like that. I mean, they lost to the Bears with Trey Lance last year at the beginning of the season. But recently, since Brock Purdy's become the quarterback, you haven't had these unexplainable losses by the 49ers where they, they're, they're ill prepared and unprepared. That's the Cowboys versus the Cardinals. I'd rather this happen now against the Cardinals in, in a few weeks against the huh? 49ers, though. Yeah. Well, well you're look, not, I mean, my point is it's not going to happen versus the 49ers because you'll be prepared because be, that's a big game. The point is the 49ers don't have these letdowns versus okay. these subpar opponents. The Cowboys have them all the time. The Cowboys fans are like, here we go. This is exactly what I thought. Yeah, Cowboys not ready to play. That's that's part of the problem. The, that's why it's a cultural issue. The Cardinals always beat the Cowboys somehow. With Cole McCoy, that's happened like yeah, twice. It's, you're right. it's, it's weird. It's been weird things that happened in Arizona. Well, there's a difference between losing and not being ready to play. Tom. Yes. I, I mean, that's the that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's a good point. And all we heard last week was the Cowboys yapping and talking about how great their defense is. We're the best defense. Well, you got to show up and play. You can't give up 200 yards rushing to an average team or a below average team and be the best defense. I mean, that's just you show up and play. Then you know, we'll get into this coming up with the Longhorns throughout the morning. Longhorns, you know, check that box. I mean, whether whatever that Wyoming game was, uh, and I think Wyoming is better Rice than game. we think, or the Rice <laughs> game. This was a dominant performance by Texas, and we'll talk about it. They stepped on the field and just, you know, mollywopped the Bears. It was and, the closest uh, they've come to playing a four-quarter game this year. I still don't know if it was all four quarters, but it's the closest they've come. 
Yeah, I mean, it was outstanding. Yeah. You know, they had to punt on their first series, but then, you know, another 21-point quarter in the second quarter for in, in Baylor and put that game away, and the defense was outstanding again all through the game. So we'll talk Longhorns throughout the morning. Cowboys not ready to go. Texans uh, surprising, and, uh, man, it's uh, – Hey, C.J. Stroud's a player, man. Looks like it, guys. Looks like oh, he may be a player. Well, historic. Yeah, now he's, I believe, his first, he has 906 passing yards through his first three games, third most in history for a QB through the first three games. Only, uh, I believe it's, what is it, Justin Herbert? Well, the stat. I believe it Cam Newton may have more. Well, here's the stat that, that jumps off the page he's the first NFL, in quarterback in NFL history, any of them, to have at least 900 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and no picks. In his first three career starts. And he's doing that with a makeshift O-line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a Texans fan, I look at it and say, man, if they, I feel bad for DeMar and D'Amico Ryans and the players. It's like if they could get their guys healthy, they got like eight, six different offensive linemen on IR, uh, yet they still went out and didn't give up a sack, and, and C.J. Stroud didn't turn turn the ball over. So, again, this was you're, you're excited if you're a Texans fan that uh, it feels like D'Amico Ryans is building something there. Uh, physically and just mentally. Same time, if you're in Jacksonville, you're like, what is going on, Doug Peterson? This is supposed to be a team that is taking that next step with uh, with uh, Trevor Lawrence, and they were just a hot mess yesterday. They were terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I, I couldn't bad. believe that. I couldn't believe that D didn't show up against the Cardinals, though. I know. Yeah, I I can't believe that. <laughs> that to me is probably the most disappointing part of it. Offensively, just... you know, I, I get that they got red zone struggles early in the season. Those are things you work out, kinks you work out. They got they got you know offensive line that are out that can really be debilitating to your offensive game plan in the defense just a lot of that, cardinals the, run like that if the cardinals can run like that what the hell are the 49ers gonna do the cardinals had a great game plan coming in though <laughs> yeah they but shano has better game plans uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about the cardinals what do you think shano's gonna look at that game plan and go excellent <laughs> yeah no you're right, right? i mean i would say a, my confidence took a hit this weekend right and then think about it, they played the dolphins later Tony's think about now all these really good offenses they played i'm thinking Whew. let's not overreact though one so one week i'm not but I, i'm saying that it's not it's, it's not we would think about this defense being an all-time great yes. defense. So we're talking about them being the best defense the Cowboys have had since the 90s. So, oh, just a doomsday defense. Well, it's not that. It's not going to be well, that. The overreaction went both ways. Yes. We've and been I would admit, I overreacted well, with it, too. Well, here's the thing I would still. say. We've been saying it, and that's our job. But for the team to be saying it, I guess to believe after it. two weeks, yeah. y'all tap the brakes. I mean, uh, we heard, uh, you know, Several players. I mean, Micah Parsons doing a podcast every week now. Talking I, trash on talking it, Talking trash. Yeah, like, yeah. What are y'all doing? <laughs> you haven't done anything. Dude, let talking? us talk about it. I mean, <laughs> let the people get excited. You guys just... That's I mean, how it is these days, though, in every sport. Well, every right. level. Yeah, it is. Now, you got a lot of trash talking going on at every level. College. Get your clicks. It does. Yeah, you get your clicks. clicks. Well, yeah, we've seen that at the college, for sure. I'm just saying... You know, keep your head down and focus on on the task at hand. And clearly, they didn't here. So it's it's not an overreaction. Their season's not over, but you did lose Trayvon Diggs when he's not coming back, and you got to figure that out. And then you you thought your run defense was was improved, and that's why you drafted um, Mozzie Smith. You did want to improve the run defense, and just that hasn't necessarily he translated. Play. He doesn't. It hadn't translated just I mean, yet. Right, yeah. there was just so much. Well, by the way, speaking of overreact, I won't overreact to the fact that in our head to head picks on Friday, Ty, I went five and zero. Oh, you went zero oh and five. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, not, not the best week. <laughs> By the way, the you were. <laughs> so, <laughs> that won't happen again all year, but you were in here, Rob. But that pick started with it. He gave me. We, 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 the first time ever we picked a high school game. Okay. Because Westlake, oh. Westlake played Lake Travis Friday oh. night. And I, I, he gave me 21 points. And in the, the Lake ba- Travis Cavaliers, I'm like, okay, I'll take Ooh, that. That's yeah. a winner. That's a rivalry. It's tough to have a blowout like that in a rivalry. That, that is complete. 
Um, yeah. Westlake arrogance right there. Well, we got the dubs. So. The best. They leg. won the game twenty to sixteen. Hey. It was twenty to fourteen or twenty to fourteen. Great game. Uh, but I had 21 points, so I get the W. There. I took some hits this weekend, but three out of my four teams won. The, the Shaps won. The Rangers are, you know, cl- running away with the division at this point. <laughs> it's hard and, to say. Uh, and, the, and the Horns are four zero. That's right. Yeah, that's all I can ask for. Three out of four. I, I know think. it's so weird not to be stressing about Texas football on Sunday. Oh. It's a weird feeling. I was wondering, like, what is this weird feeling that I have right now? Confidence. I feel- it's confidence, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not stressing about, oh, what's going to happen with Texas? Oh, bad starts. Oh, oh the fourth quarter. Uh, game plan. Oh, what's up with Quinn? It's like for the first time in probably a decade plus on Sunday, I'm watching football. I'm thinking, oh, there's nothing to stress about I'm with Texas happy. football. It's I'm weird. Yeah. It's weird. You know, I feel it's, the whole city is a little bit happier. It yeah. was a weird feeling, though. You know, usually you're like, you're stressing about something. Well, there's just, like, there was just stuff nothing this to stress about, really. that, you know, I, I always have felt like our job is to come in here and talk to the people and explain things, give us our give, give you some thoughts and maybe make you think about things a little bit different way. I mean, there was so much stuff this weekend I don't even have an explanation for. Like Ty <laughs> gave me twenty one points in that game, I still don't understand that. Do you understand? What about Notre Dame having Notre 10, Dame men on having the field? ten men on the field twice? <laughs> and then the coach saying he knew it and didn't do anything like, about what, it. What, 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 oh, hold up! What twice? Twice. I'm watching the Astros. I'm, I can't explain any of this. How are the Astros melting down? The Rangers now taking the division. You know when they started the series with the Royals, they played six games with the Royals in the last week. Mm. They won one. Right? The Royals had had 49 wins on the season. <laughs> Can you? Exp- and they beat the Astros five times. Yeah, we didn't even talking about Miami putting 70 on. Yeah, that's when I watched the, the Dolphins 70. yesterday. I, I, 70. I gotta watch that game. I haven't, I haven't seen the game. I want to watch it now. Oh, the NFL's got to replay that. Watch the defensive thing. line for the li- for Good the uh, Broncos on every play. They're going. They're on roller skates, six yards back on the every entire play. middle of the field. Is open. <laughs> it's like they, what they, is they, going on? They had like three touchdowns on this little flip I, I, passes. Oh yeah, because I think Tua was he was here. He didn't have an incompletion in the first half. Rod, was, again, was, the Dolphins are really good. Perfect. No one, no, I, no one wants to take anything away from Miami and Devin A. Chain, the Aggie with a huge game, or he Mostert with a huge game. But this was like Westlake playing Aikens High School. And I, <laughs> apologies to Aikens. Because Aikens just doesn't have the personnel to go up against Westlake. These are professionals, professionals man. Come These on are professional now. players. Mm. And yeah. it looked like Westlake playing. Oh, it was bad. I mean, it was. It they was, set records on them. They was out there dancing. 700 yards. They didn't have enough touchdown dance. They so like yes, ran that, out of touchdown That dance. is one where it's fair to <laughs> praise one team, but you also have to say major red flag. Uh, you know, with the Cowboys, okay, you say wake up call. You know, don't overreact. You're still two and one in in Denver. They're zero and three, and they just gave up 700 yards in an NFL and football you, game. You paid your quarterback how much money last offseason? Oh, and the coach. How much you paying the coach? Oh. And now he can't. Mm-hmm. He's got to fix the culture. I mean, I don't know. We'll talk about. He might it, start tanking now. Some Might'll of this time stuff to is tank. Just, just there's overreactions. There's excitement, and then there's just the unexplainable. The unexplainable. It's it more unexplainable this weekend than uh, I've ever seen. Like, what? I don't even know. All right, we'll come back. We're just getting warmed up. That's why we have five hours, five days a week, because there's so much to talk about. Lock it in, uh, whether it's on 101.9 AM 1260, on that Horn app, on our Twitch stream at hornfm.com, our YouTube channel at the Horn Austin. We're back. It's a Monday. Ian Rod B. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, a little audible this morning on uh, Hook 'em Up. Instead of the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend, it's the good, the bad, and the unexplainable. Mm. Unexplainable. I'm just trying to figure it all out. How the Denver Broncos gave up 70 points by midway through the fourth quarter. 70 Could have been points. 77, 84. Could have just kept going. We might just, in our what the facts, like, we might just go through some of the crazy stats from that 
game. Part of, me just, part of me just doesn't think it matters because then Denver just didn't want to be there. I mean, that was pretty clear because yeah, we watched the game. Still in the NFL. That's, I mean, this happened before teams are giving up or teams are uninspired. You don't score 70 on them, though. Yeah, that's that is a that is that is to me is a combination of the best offense in the league combined with the Denver Broncos ineptitude and, and being like, uninspired. Because <laughs> I'm a loser and I hadn't watched all the games yesterday, and I kept seeing games that, that weren't that bad. But I watched the Chiefs play the Bears, and as we predicted last oh, yeah. week, the Bears had no interest in playing football yesterday. Now Taylor Swift was there. Chiefs were inspired. Let's f and go. Let's f and go. Travis I'm, Kelsey. I'm already so tired of that. I know. Well, you already tired there. of it. It just started. Just started. It just started. Just started. It's like, it's like they week showed over. her every like five minutes. On the yeah, it was. Well, well, she's, she's the biggest pop star in the world, and the like NFL. Deion Sanders the, on TV. The NFL is the number one television product in America. So the NFL's like, we couldn't write this in our script <laughs> any better. You're talking about the number one pop star in the world that's now dating one of the uh, the most popular, recognizable players on the Super Bowl champion yep. Kansas City Chiefs. You cannot write it better. So the NFL, they gonna milk it. Oh, man. there was clearly a memo that went out yesterday yes. to, to everybody, to NFL Network, and all. Yeah. The, to ESPN, oh. Fox, like, hey man, we need y'all hitting this Taylor Swift thing. They let with it. As I want to say puns <laughs> as you can make, please. I, I can't believe, like, oh, I'm drawing a uh, blank space, well, like, yeah. just like, like the Broncos. It's it, she's the number one pop star in the world, though. You got and you don't know how long it's gonna last. So you got to milk it. And it was pretty cool. She wasn't just there. She was there and dropping the less F and go. She's, so like, she's she right was, next to Kelsey's mom. Yeah. She's like the mom of Kelsey. That's hanging a, out with Mama Kelsey, man. That's big. More serious she than met just Mama out. already? Yeah. Uh, next think about her. how quickly. What, what's your time frame on a woman meeting your mom, Ty? Oh. It, um, mean, my, think about it. How many women have met your mom? Not a lot of women meet my mom. You got to be dating for like four to six months. To meet mama? I'm not going to waste mama's time, okay? You're just bring some skank in there. I don't date that many girls. For that's that exactly, long, but so. still, it's, you probably can count how many women have met your mom on one hand. Yes, probably. definitely. See, yeah. so I will say this is pretty serious, man. Every man has a mama rule. Don't meet mama. But so mess. that became a storyline. But mm-hmm. and the Chiefs did what they did. I mean, but again, there were just so many games yesterday. Washington had no interest in playing the Bills at home. I um, mean, yes, Josh Allen was good, but and the Bills are a good team. But man. Uh, even the Jacksonville game for the Texans. I'm like, what are we doing, Jacksonville? Did you guys even practice this week? I mean, did you guys even prepare for this game? I just have never. I've it's, watched a lot of NFL Sundays NFL where you go, why do I just have never seen a day like that, where it was just so many guys, so many teams just laid flat and uh, didn't even seem like they wanted to be competitive. There was in the football a point game. in the uh, 12 o'clock slate where not one game was a one score game, yeah. and like into the fourth quarter, yeah, it was it was awful. And mm-hmm. then the Cowboys showed up, and I'm like, well, what what is that? I expected Ugh. to see this dominant defense. Uh, and that all began on Friday on Saturday. Because look, the, people are going to talk about Dion in Colorado. Colorado getting rolled up by uh, Oregon is not a super surprise. I mean, they were 21 point underdog. Yeah. Maybe the 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 level at which, but Oregon was ready to play. They're better than Colorado right now on both lines of scrimmage significantly, and they took it to Colorado, who was playing without Travis Hunter. We talked about that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Longhorns show up, and we'll get behind the burn orange curtain here in a second, Ron, because I want to talk about this five-star recruit. But uh, you know, speaking of the unexplainable, the Marcus Freeman situation at Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, I don't because I was disappointing. So, so we were doing the Longhorn in-game live. Uh, you, uh, YouTube event yeah, as on, usual. Texas. on Texas football. Watch with us. Uh, huge numbers again. And so I've got the TV on my main screen watching the Longhorns and talking about it with you and Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton and all the guys at Inside Texas uh, as it's happening. But I also have my iPad out and I'm watching the Ohio State game because that was a good game. The Longhorn game was a blowout. And right as the, the Buckeyes scored the winning touchdown, it was, it was Ian Boyd your your football theorist co-host there on uh, Inside Texas, 
who said, I don't, did you see the alignment in the Ohio's in the Notre Dame defense? That was terrible gap assignment. Well, neither of us realized at the time, Rod, that they had 10 men on the field. I think my man Manny Acho pointed out first, if I'm not mistaken, on the, he was the first one on social media I seen pointed well, out. And Ian Boyd was the first one to say, man, what was wrong with their gap? Because they didn't, they didn't have a defensive end in the game that, they ran, that Ohio State ran right over. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because after the game was over, then I got off. You guys did the post game on Inside Texas. And I went back and looked, and then that's when it started to break on social media that someone counted. They had 10, and they had 10 the play before. And then the head coach, Marcus Freeman, says, yeah, we knew. We knew, Rod. We knew. Yeah, he said, yeah, we were trying to get a fourth D lineman on the field, and I told him just stay off. Because we can't afford a penalty. Because they had, had I to. didn't have any timeouts, right? So we couldn't afford a penalty there. You know, yeah, it's on us. We got to be better. Okay, so two wow. things. Okay, so for folks who, who didn't see, there was a play run, and the Buckeyes didn't realize that Notre Dame had 10 men. So they threw a pass to Marvin Harrison. They tried to get him on a throw to the pylon, on the far pylon from uh, the quarterback. Okay, well, so that's one play with 10 men. Now here comes the next play, and this is going to be the play of the game, Rod. There's enough time on the clock for one more play after the incomplete pass, okay? No timeouts for Notre Dame. This is the play to decide the game. They're up 14-10. to 10. If they get a stop, they win. If the Buckeyes score, they win the game. That's how dramatic that game was. But you now know that the coach for Notre Dame said that we knew we only had 10 for this play. He said he didn't want a penalty. But here's where his logic, what he's saying is wrong. Ohio State switched out running backs. Then Travion Henderson yeah. was in the game, and the guy who scored the touchdown swapped in for him. By rule, you could swap in too. You could put the, your player in, and the officials would have stood over the ball and given you time to substitute because they substituted. Mm-hmm. So it didn't have anything to do with not having a timeout. It had to do with not knowing the rule or not being aware in that situation. So you went ahead, knowing not knowing the rule or being aware that you had ten men on the field, and allowed that play to happen. And of course, Ohio State was smart enough to realize, wait a second, they don't have a they don't have a right defensive end. Let's run right at the right defensive end they don't have, which is where the play went, and they went for a game-winning touchdown. Who knows how that impacts their season? That is just it, – it's all – I mean, that, that's going to leave a mark on Marcus Freeman. I don't know how you – It's coaching malpractice either way. I mean, yeah. whether it's initially you not realizing or your assistants not realizing you had Tim Middlefield, or like you said, not knowing the rule, either way – it comes back, or to someone me. not saying, "Hey, they substituted guys. They yeah. swapped out running back so, for running back." Either way, it's it's which, coaching which, ineptitude, which, coaching incompetence. Which, which by the way, Ryan Day shouldn't have done. If all if Ohio State was paying attention and realizing that they didn't have ten, why are you substituting? Which means they didn't know either. Well, that's yeah, <laughs> like you said, they knew that they just went initially wouldn't even substitute it or give him a chance to substitute. And I would so also they didn't realize say, it either. Even if they hadn't substituted, you should have taken the penalty. Well, I, you're from the one yard line. A half a foot. Yeah, who cares? Is better than playing with eleven with ten guys on eleven on the play of the game. Yeah, his um his his reasoning and rationale is not adequate. No, <laughs> it's not adequate. It doesn't. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't oh, make sense. Man, that that was unbelievable. It's a dang coaching mistake. Oh, we're gonna play that whole thing coming up. It's awful. Players are playing their tails off. Coaches we, are screwing it up. Coaches are screwing it up. Well, and then, and then the players have to know too. The players, guys, we don't have attack. We don't have a right end. We don't have a right, like the middle linebacker, the captains. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. All right, Rod, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain for the first time. We'll talk about Texas football all morning. Horns, not just a huge win uh, at Baylor, a resounding win, but a huge win on the recruiting trail. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? 
All right. Uh, Texas coming off a huge um, dominating win over the Baylor Bears. Uh, Longhorns now ranked number three in the country. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up uh, in the post game from his comments from the post game. Uh, but I thought uh, the 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 moment in the game it was early <laughs> that I knew Texas wasn't in any real trouble of losing this game or really the game being competitive or close was pretty much early watching the defensive line. Oh. Overwhelm the Baylor O line, and whether it be whether it be in the run game or whether it be in pass protection, they just couldn't block Texas D line. They couldn't, and they couldn't block Byron Murphy at the point of attack. Even though sometimes they were trying to double team him, uh, and, and and there were so many different players that were able to get in the backfield, penetrate, and make plays for the Texas defensive line uh, and defensive front, really overall. That I, I really had no concern that Baylor was going to be able to move the ball consistently. Now the, they threw the deep ball and got some chunk yardage plays a couple of times, um, but that was about it. But there was nothing they really could do e that would no. neutralize the Texas defensive front. They just didn't have the lines of scrimmage to keep up with Texas, and hopefully that is continues to be the you know the the case for the rest of the seasons that Texas overwhelms opponents. We're going to talk about this in the Kansas game too. We talk about Kansas and preview that for the rest of the week. Um, that I think on if you look at the lines of scrimmage for Texas offense and defense, that's where Texas should be separating. Hell, even going back to their latest commitment, yep. right, the five star uh, offensive tackle um, out of uh, modern day, the uh, one of the best tackle in the country. That's where Texas is going to be separating from their opponents, and that's where they separated from Baylor. Was on the lines of scrimmage. Well, Baylor just couldn't keep up. For everything this weekend that was unexplainable, and I'm you can't believe your eyes, you're watching this. There was nothing in that game that was surprising. We talked all last week that Baylor doesn't match. I mean, this was Texas. This is a program in Texas on the rise that they're getting better. Their lines of scrimmage are getting more and more dominant. And Baylor's not good. This is why there's panic in Baylor about Dave Aranda. That I'll is, give you credit for your Wyoming good, comment. You got it. What's that? I think you said Wyoming could beat Baylor. Not agree oh, with you oh, now. Man. After watching, <laughs> I think well, you're because right. you just because <laughs> nothing that you saw on film with because you know Texas. By the way, Texas fans over the last twelve years at times know this. When you talk about Dave Aranda, hey Dave, make some adjustments, Rod. It's hard to adjust around a bad offensive line. <laughs> it's hard to make yeah. adjustments around a bad offense or a defensive line. Like what do you do? I mean, you, I mean, you 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 just said it. The Longhorns had two sacks on the first series. They had three sacks on the first two drives. They couldn't mm-hmm. block Texas. And you're like, well, do do something. Well, what do we what do we to do? We, we we can't move them. Uh, actually, they're whipping us. That's a problem for Dave Aranda. Uh, Kansas will be much better this week. There's, I mean, that's a much better football team. I thought Wyoming was a better football team than Baylor, and they'll see better groups. What you like about Texas is they showed up and they they finally played a good first half. Right? They they put 28 points on the board in the first half. They had a for the fourth game in a row they had a 21 point quarter rod. Which, you know, this is becoming a common thing about how explosive they are. The second quarter this time around was a 21-point quarter for Texas. Uh, They did it in the third quarter against Rice. They did it in the fourth quarter against Bama and Wyoming. And this time they did it in the second quarter. And the the Baylor game was over at that point. 28-6 was the score at the time. And then they pitched a second-half shutout defensively against an inept Baylor team. Well, and I love their sudden change uh, defense, too, because oh, there were times where Texas could have given up some more points, especially after muffed punts. Oh, and you talk about coaching. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you talk about uh, coaching points that Texas can still uh, go into this week to improve on. Well, obviously kick returns are a big part of that. A muffed kickoff return, too, from Keelan Robinson. He just recovered it. They had two muffed punts that they lost from uh, Jay Witt and from Xavier Worthy. 
and the defense, they were stout in that moment, and they used both their back and gave up a field goal at one time, and like I said, in that situation, a field goal is a win for the defense, um, and then I believe they kept uh, Baylor off the board in the uh, the next time around, so Texas defense looks like they're the real deal. That's why everybody's excited about the Kansas game, and you should be. This will be the first test for the Texas defense for an offense with an actual identity. Bama had players, but their offense had no identity at all. They didn't even know what the hell they and were. Maybe, they maybe Bama found their identity in the second half of that old Miss Could game be. because uh, be. Jalen Milrow had a heck of a half after having a, a struggle in the first half. So we'll, so we'll talk about it, yeah. and we'll hear from Sark uh, coming up throughout the morning. Also, we'll get you some facts on this five-star commitment. Longhorns, how about this? Longhorns now, as we sit here this morning on this, the 25th of September, have a commitment from the number one pass rusher in the country and the number one left tackle. In the country for the class of 2018. Yeah, Colin Simmons tweeted out that uh, practice is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. And uh, we'll tell you about Brandon Baker and how that plays out. Number one edge rusher in the country from Duncanville, now the number one left tackle prospect in the country from modern day uh, high school. We'll pick that up with what the facts, also the facts from a crazy sports weekend. Uh, coming up in our next hour, Rod will get a rant and we'll go behind the uh, and talk Texas football with Sark and all the thoughts from this game. It's all coming up. We got you covered on a Monday. Lock it in all morning long on Hook'em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Gosh, what a weekend. What a weekend. The good, the bad, and the unexplainable. Give you a quick good here on the facts, and we'll get to some other things. But uh, props to our friends with the Austin Gamblers. The number one Austin Gamblers dominated the PBR Camping World Team Series event in Greensboro over the weekend. They went a perfect 3-0. 3-0. Out of Greensboro, North Carolina. They're uh, the best bull riding team right here in Austin, Texas, uh, in the PBR. Uh, That's a fact. That is a fact, my friend. The fact. Our buddy J.J. Gotch and that great team. Congrats. Uh, Also, the Round Rock Express are playoff bound in the Pacific Coast League. Austin FC, not so much. They haven't won a game in 72, or match in 72 days. Mm. That's not good. Man. Other facts, Rod. What do you have? Uh, can I say this? It is a fact that you Give said that Jatavion Sanders would leave Texas as the best tight end in the program's history. Yeah. And I think you're well on your way to being absolutely correct about that. Yeah, what a for, year he's off to. First uh, first tight end ever to have a two 100-yard receiving games um, in, his, in his career. I got a jump. Leads the FBFS in receiving yards for a tight end. Leads the Big 12 uh, in, in yards per catch. <laughs> Uh, second in the FBS in yards after the catch. <laughs> he one is. touchdown, no <laughs> drops. And we all agree that Brock Bowers is the best tight end in the country. I, I think people used to have like a Grand Canyon sized gap between him and like the second best tight end in the uh-huh. country. I don't think that gap is as big anymore. I think some people now who have seen Jatavion Sanders maybe he's thinking that he's closing that gap on Brock Bowers. Oh. And I still think Brock Bowers is the best tight end in the country. I'm not saying he's not, but there's not a huge uh, gap between him and uh, JT. Who yeah, I he'll be the, the second tight end, right? And don't oh. trust me, the NFL knows he was a five-star talent out of high school. And he and just started kind of you know playing tight end, right? Yeah. Been playing for what, Well, and years? I give Jatavion Sanders a lot of credit for committing to the position, right? He could have played defensive end. He could have done a lot of, a lot of things, and he— uh, we've seen players that have great athleticism that want to, you know, play running back or do this or do this. He, you know, he committed to it, and now he's going to make himself a lot of money you know at the next level. Sark should let him play both, like Dion. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. Yeah. No, make he... him some real money, Sark. Put him on the defensive side of the ball in one of those games. A little, but you don't need him now. Remember that point was that you needed a defensive end pass rusher. Now you got first world problems on defense. You're like, hey, Ethan Burke's actually working out really well for you, Baron Sorrell, so now you don't really need well, a presence like that. and that would that. be a fact. Props to Steve Sarkeesian, Kyle yeah. Flood, Bo Davis, because when they joined the SEC, the question was, this team is not ready for the Southeastern Conference. Well, mm-hmm. 
The, line the time play. they get there, they're they're bolstering up this line on both sides to have the number one pass rusher and the number one, you know, offensive lineman. Because if you're just tuning in, last night out in California, Modern Day High School, the uh, number one tackle prospect in the country, Brandon Baker, committed to Kyle Flood, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian, and the Longhorns. Can we? Uh, can we talk about Texas tight ends? Can I give you a stat about a, a former Texas yes. tight end in the league who just made history? Uh-huh. So Andrew Beck, who returned a kick return for a touchdown for the Texans. He uh, is the heaviest player with a kick return TD of at least 50 yards in NFL history. NFL history. All right, you haven't seen a player that heavy rumbling for a kick return for a touchdown. Love Dan, that. Dan Conley of the Patriots, the last one. Was that the alignment? Well, and, and look, I mean, this is Shane oh, Jackson. I do remember bro. that somewhat, yeah. Um, well, but I, I didn't the, score a touchdown. Because remember, Did he he, score? Andrew Beck was the up back. If you don't, nobody watches the Texans. If you didn't see this play, he was the up back, and he was the, the ball hit the ground. And he came up and got it, and then. Jacksonville didn't rally to the ball, so he cut to the outside and he beat the kicker to the corner and see you later. It was it was poor hustle on Jacksonville's yeah. part too, by the way. But props to Andrew Beck; he's now got a NFL touchdown as a kick returner. That's yeah. awesome. Can't take that away from. That's a fact. That's a fact, brother. Um, man, we got a bunch of more facts. The Miami Dolphins. How about this? Fourth oh. team in NFL history, regular season or playoffs, to score at least seventy points in a game. <laughs> of the, they have broken the, the single-game record for offensive yards in the single game. They had 726. The previous record was 722 by the L.A. Rams in 1951. Here's a fact. Uh, somebody Ooh. said, E, please discuss the faltering Astros. Look, props to the Rangers. They Ooh. nutted up. Disastros. That's what they are now. I mean, you, <laughs> people talk about you are what you deserve. The Astros are what they're earning right now. And that's just, I mean, give the Rangers a ton of credit. Rangers look like they were flatlining two weeks ago. It looked like that. And uh, they just swept the Mariners. So props to Bruce Bochy's club. The, the Rangers showed some some uh, some cojones. And the thing that's most surprising for the Astros is we're just so used to them being clutch. In the clutchest of moments. That's how they've done this for the last six years. And instead, they've gone limp. I mean, I mean, literally, Rod. I mean, they, I, I don't know what's going on in that locker room, but they just seem like a team that wants to be done. They want this season to be over. They got vacation plans? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This has been a cohesive locker room. Dusty Baker's been a great manager. But you can't tell me they're not playing like a team that doesn't want the season to be over. Think about this. Friday night, or excuse me, Saturday night, they're playing the last place Royals. They couldn't have drawn it up any better. The Rangers and Mariners are button heads together over the last 10 days seven times. All they have to do is beat last-place teams, and they're fine, and they're in the playoffs. They're facing Jordan Lyles, a, a pitcher who used to be an Astro, on Saturday night. Rod, we're talking about a 17-loss pitcher with an ERA of 6.43 who just he sucks, okay? That's a fact. He, but he's a major league pitcher, so major that's what pitcher. he is. He's an in- innings eater. And the Astros get to face him on Saturday night. They should pound lumps into this guy in a must-win game. They manage two soft singles, two softly hit singles. That's it. They're not focused. They're not trying. They wrap up the – I'm going to say can't, not, not trying, but they don't look like they're locked in and uh, wanting to be in the playoffs. Here's the thing for the Astros. They finished their – that was their last home game yesterday that they lost to a last-place team. They finished the regular season 39-42 and 42 at Minute Maid Park. Three games under 500 in their home yard. They now go to Seattle for three games starting tonight. The Astros have played the Mariners ten times this year. They've won two. Mariners have been their kryptonite this year. They look like they're going to tumble right out of the playoffs. And Mm. you are what you earn. I mean, it's right there in front of them. They don't feel like they want it right now, which I don't know the reason for that, but uh, it's the only way I can say it. It's all there. Can I give you another stat before we get out of here? How crazy the NFL weekend was? For the first time since December 30th, 2018, you had three upsets 
where the favorite was over a touchdown favorite in the same day in the NFL. Cardinals were 11.5-point dog, and they beat the Cowboys. Texans were a 7.5-point dog. They beat the Jags. And the Colts were a 7.5-point dog. They beat the Ravens. Ravens' first loss. What the hell's going on in the NFL? Can't predict it. And here's a fact. <laughs> I had 5-0 and in my picks. Ty went 0-5. How do we fix that? <laughs> How do we pick that? We'll be back. Ian Rodby. Hook him up.